doesn't matter. Yeah. One thing I was thinking, like, when we decided to do a podcast is that, like, for me anyway, like, I have a face for radio, so this is, like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still want to maybe someday put this on YouTube, so you're going to have to go against your wishes. That's there. true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's all I watch nowadays is YouTube, so. All right, so... <clears throat> Welcome to Conversation on Tap, a new podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Join us each week over some beer if you feel caught in the middle of a political tug-of-war. My name is Jose. I'm Joel. And I figure since we're just starting this podcast out, we should um, introduce ourselves briefly. So, Joel. So, I am a 48-year-old teacher living in Santa Maria, California, the great Working class, gritty Santa Maria, California, and uh, I am a, a like Jose, an avid reader. And for years and years, I've read and read and read. And now maybe it's time to talk a little bit about what I've read, and you know, and it'd be fun to, to talk to you about uh, and assimilate all this stuff. Give back. Give back. No, I totally agree. Um, so I'm Jose. I am also a teacher. I work with Joel. At a, at a junior high school in Santa Maria. Um, I'd also say that you know, I've spent a lot of my time reading, studying history and politics. I'm also a person of faith, so I read a lot of things related to um, my Catholicism. And all that to say that Joel and I have, like, the best conversations ever. Yeah, we really do. So deep and so topical. Yeah, so... I'm obsessed with podcasts. I know, Joel, you're, like, getting to podcasts more and more now. Yeah. I've been walking to school last month, and I listen to one every day, and, man, they're fun. So, it'll be super interesting to see if anyone listens to this one. <laughs> anyone listens to our... Yeah. We're going to be counting. We're going to be right. counting the listeners here. Yeah, I feel like the little kid performing in the garage with their, like, little... <laughs> You know, blankets with patches uh, all over it. The puppet show, yes. Puppet show, yeah. For themselves. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And you did that, too? Oh, yeah, totally. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, the, hence the beginning of our decision to... Let me see if you guys can hear that beer. Oh, yeah. Being poor, I got I to gotta liquor up for this. This is pretty, uh, yeah. this is pretty mm. tough. And by the way... Um, Loose lips. I'm married... The three kids, and do you think it's important to say that, or you can always edit that yeah. out? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm married. Yeah, three boys, uh, college, high school, and two high school. So I, I'm married too. I don't have any kids. I have a cat, but uh, yeah. So if there's any ladies out there listening, <laughs> I am taken. So yeah, I've been taken for a long time, and I think that it it helps us a lot with being sort of objective observers of the whole Me Too movement, which we're going to discuss later. I think it's a perfect topic to, to get into for our first podcast. Yeah, because I don't want anyone talking or being disrespectful or sexually assaulting my wife. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love women. <laughs> yeah. Um, the so beer. beer. We are drinking a beer today that I just found at Costco called uh, Santa Maria Calavesa. You know what I love about this beer? It's a lager. And these last few decades, actually, ales have been just so, um, I guess not lagers have been sort of disrespected. And they're coming back. And um, I'm glad for that. And this is a really interesting um, 
tasting lager, and I love interesting and unexpected tastes. Like you get that peanut. Mm. That just tastes weird and funky. That's this beer. It's, it's got a it's got a funky flavor, which I love. So, try it. It's it's by um, Sandmere Brewery, and I think you got this from you purchased it at uh, Costco. Costco, amazing. Yeah, Costco selling local beers. That's, That's awesome. cool. Love Costco. Well, salute, sir. Salute. Nice. Let's drink up. Do you think that doing alcohol is cool? So the first segment of our show. We're calling Fred Talks, which the name comes from Joel's Cousin by Marriage, I guess. Mm -hmm. It cracked me up when you said Fred Talks. Well, obviously, it's a take on TED Talks. But, um, yeah, I like that concept. So what what did your cousin explain? uh, Family reunion educational discussions. And we actually all got together in Cambria. I was called it Cambria the whole time, but everybody kept on correcting me. Cambria. Yeah, Cambria. And uh, and he said, yeah, we got to have Fred Talks. And so this is kind of a funny story. I gave one of the first Fred Talks uh, after my brother talked about uh, Monterey Pines. I got up and talked about where the word Cambria came from mm. and was quickly <laughs> corrected. <laughs> I was actually wrong. I said that it was the <laughs> ancient Latin word for, uh, for Scotland. And it turned out to be the ancient Latin word for, for Wales. So <laughs> it was, I was trying to be... <laughs> Truthful, but that's like that reminds me of Anchorman. Discovered by the Germans in 1904, they named it Santiago, which of course in German means a whale's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So anyway, we're, we're the first segment of our show. We're in honor of that. We're calling Fred Talks. Um, so I'm going to start the Fred Talks off this week by talking about. Um, an interesting um, news article I read. So this is the 45th anniversary of the Roe versus Wade um, decision. Uh, and so pro-lifers are marching and they're rallying across the country, basically protesting the Roe versus Wade decision. And, of course, I'm someone who's Christian, so I tend to agree with um, the protesters. But, um, unfortunately, I think a lot of people who describe themselves as pro-life really aren't pro-life. Would you agree? Like, they're, t- they, yeah. they're more like pro-birth. Yeah, they're... Well, I don't want to steal your fire, but I don't understand how you can be pro-life and also be pro-death penalty. It just it doesn't seem to make sense. Um, the sanctity of life, and, well, you're playing God, basically, if you're putting right. something to death. And there have been, absolutely have been, innocent people put to death. So you are playing God. And, uh, and, and it's just such hypocrisy to me. Exactly, and because of that hypocrisy, in Little Rock, the Little Rock uh, Diocese, um, the bishop there, his name is Anthony uh, Taylor, he decided not to attend Ooh. the Little Rock March for Life Man of rally. Conscious. Yes, and so that's kind of created a little um, tizzy, I guess you'd call it. Is that the right word? Yeah, yeah that's... In Catholic circles, because, you know, he's the bishop, he should be going to this rally, but he's not going because the keynote speaker for this March for Life rally in Little Rock is the state attorney general, Leslie Rutledge, who apparently is a huge proponent of the death penalty. And so the bishop, not wanting to be hypocritical, said, I can't go, I can't participate if they're promoting this person who claims to be pro-life, but then they're not consistent. Yeah, I, I like the guy already without even knowing him. I just think it's cool that he's living up to his principles. So the other thing that was interesting was, like I said, it kind of created a rift. It's like, oh, this this, this bishop's not going to this pro-life rally. 
because of this person who's, you know, supportive of the death penalty. Well, he's actually um, correct in that he's promoting what's called the consistent ethic of life, right? Being consistent with supporting and promoting life from womb to tomb, Mm -hmm. natural death. And that concept really started in the early 80s from a cardinal named um, Cardinal Joseph Bernadin, who's from Chicago. Hmm. And some Catholics, um, conservatives mostly, poo-poo that. Because they say, well, no, abortion is, you know, that's the most hideous, awful thing. All the other stuff, all the other social issues like housing, environment, you know, all those other things. That's just liberal propaganda. We don't need to pay attention to that. Mm. But I think it's true. Mm -hmm. We can't just say we only care about life when it's in the womb. Yeah. And then once they're born, well, they're on their own. Who cares? Yeah. No, we have to, I think, promote life from beginning to end. Yeah. I love that. In fact, I have a a family member I, I would never mentioned the name, of course, on a podcast, that voted for Trump because um, she or he um, was so against abortion, Mm -hmm. and and and, and she or he is, like, totally pro-death penalty. And I think that there's a whole bunch of people that voted for Trump because... He is supposedly, this supposedly. is such a joke, supposedly against abortion. Right. I guess, was he before? Uh, didn't he say in, in his pro previous choice. life that he was pro? Okay. Yes. That's crazy. That's just nuts. And um, I don't know. It, it, just, it just boggles my mind. And that kind of brings me to my final point on this topic is that, so this bishop says, I'm not going to this rally because we have a speaker, a keynote speaker, who's super... Um, in favor of the death penalty. But then at another pro-life rally, I believe it was the March for Life in D.C., President Trump was the speaker. <laughs> to me, all these pro-lifers who are there cheering on Trump as some kind of pro-life supporter, some kind of, I don't know, leader on the issue of life, I think is a total joke. And it shows oh, hypoc- the hypocrisy and the bankruptcy. How do we get here? How do movement. we get there? How do we get there? It's It was the rise of the religious right. And they sublimated their faith, if you will, to their political ideology. Yeah. You know what? I want to totally emphasize, if we keep on doing this podcast, which I, I'm loving already, is this idea of a continuum of belief. Right. Instead of, what was the Star Wars quote? You're a total Star Wars lover. Where, um, was it um, Obi-Wan talking to Anakin about not being um, black and white? What was the quote? Oh, Gosh, yeah. hey, I put you on the spot. But No, he said something like, um, If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. It was crazy, and that didn't come home to me till way later. And it's like so true. And here we're right. getting our philosophy. And why should we be surprised that we're getting it from Star Wars? Of course mm-hmm. we are. But anyway, it's so true. Yeah, um, so that's in my topic, Joel. What, what, what do you want to talk about for your Fred talk? I want to talk about this idea that beer, uh, microbrews especially, keep on making it. Mm-hmm. And it's shocking that. All these, I don't know if it's happening in your area, but in our area, all these microbrews keep on um, opening up, and I keep on thinking, well, they can't make it because it's saturated already. There's no way another one, and they do fine. Right. And I'm just, I'm trying to figure out 
where this is coming from, and it's shocking, and it's it's beautiful. I just read an article in the Atlantic today about, um, and we, we can we post to this by the way, yeah, later. I'll, I'll find it and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, about how um, beer is one of the great economic uh, like uh, phenomena. Yeah, in in our time. More people are being um, employed by breweries now than ever. We're drinking, actually, believe it or not, less beer, but we're drinking, if you think that Budweiser is crappy beer, which we both do. <laughs> which it is. <laughs> and, and all these other um, Budweiser, poor Budweiser, they get the shaft, but um, all these other huge conglomerate uh, beer corporations. Um, we're drinking way, of course, less beer from them, and 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 we oftentimes, by the way, drink beer from them that we think is microbrew beer, like right. Blue Moon, etc. That really isn't. But all these neighborhood breweries keep on popping up, and they keep on making it. And right. to me, it's glorious. I love it. And I'm trying to figure out, well, what? Where is that coming from? What do you think? I, I you know, we're drinking Santa Maria Brewery right now. Yeah, and it's at Costco. It's crazy. And they're selling it at Costco, but I think. I don't know if it's like this this awareness, like global your global footprint. You want to drink local beer, yeah. Or if that it's is, just like hip, like you know we're all hipsters and we love drinking our local microbrewery beer. Yep. I don't know what it is. No, I think those are the two main ones. Want to stay local. Want to um, promote um, things around you, right? Right. And friends, actually, and also, I mean. What were people thinking in the 80s when they were so limited in their choice? When they had like oh, Coors and Budweiser to choose from. Absolutely. I don't think, we're, yeah, it was all lagers with boring or light beer. Right. And well, why did that end? Why did all this uh, variety end? And and what, you know, well, the article in The Atlantic actually brings to light why, you know, we got back to it a little bit, the economics of it. But mm-hmm. man, it's a glorious thing. I just, I revel in it. I read an article once. That back in Chicago, I think it was like the early 1900s, every neighborhood had its own brewery. Kid you oh, not. Yeah, be awesome. And, and yeah. everybody was totally, you know, into that one beer and would go to the one bar. And I just, I love that idea. And I think we're getting there, you know, yeah. we're getting smaller. And, and it seemed like the people who brewed just for their neighborhood made it as mm-hmm. a living. It's, it's incredible. And I think we can get there. And just beer. I just love it. I I love it, too. And so we went to um, Figaro Mountain, like you were saying the other day. And I tried uh, this beer called uh, Scary Spice. It's a pumpkin-flavored brew. It was so good. Yes. What? It was glorious. And what was the – you know Fig Mountain better than I do. And what was – the beer that I had second, the high alcohol beer that I love. Oh, so you much. had the Lizard's Mouth. Yes, Lizard's that was mouth. an IPA, I believe. Yeah, amazing. So good. Uh, nine, nine or eight, eight percent, and the pumpkin it was nine point one higher. I wonder if it's based on uh, Lizard's Mouth and it's uh, it got be. the flavoring added. I I don't know how they do, but see that's the thing is with these microbreweries, they can be creative. Yeah, they can right. afford to make smaller batches of. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, Budweiser, they turn out the same shit, like, in large volume, mm. you know? Yeah. But these guys, the, you know, these microbrewers, they'll experiment with different flavors. Mm. And, and it's cool because experimenting goes to the customer. That's yes. the testing. And they get feedback, and then they change it. But, again, the point is brew microbrews are popping up everywhere. I know it's popping up across the country, not just in California. Right. And they keep on making it. 
and they keep on. I mean, I just think, oh no, the another one? They can't possibly do it, but yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. It's amazing. Congratulations, you five ladies no longer have to pretend to be attracted to Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> so this is the part of our show where we are going to focus on um, the topic du jour. Well, yes, it's the topic of the week. I don't know. Um, this week, we're going to talk about the Me Too movement. Um, it's really, it's, it's stirred up quite the controversy since the whole Harvey Weinstein thing broke. Man. It's fascinating. That's it is. just it's just to me it's got me just glued to my screen. I read everything about it that I can and I love discussing it. I love to see what it's doing to our culture. I think um and I I, I wanna hear your opinion. I think generally it's been really good. Yeah, I think it's amazing that these women who are victims, really, of sexual assault, of rape, um in the case of Harvey Weinstein, their careers have been on the line. I think it's amazing that we're celebrating, well, maybe celebrating is the right word, but that we're acknowledging that sexual assault is real, that it's actually happening. Mm. And, it's, and it's an issue for men. We have to, we have to rethink, um, I don't know, I guess our, our privilege, yeah, our power. Yeah, it is. It's a power. It's all about power. And it is a privilege not to have to deal with all that crap that women go through mm-hmm. I mean it's funny at our work we have a bunch of females that just love banter I guess is the word yeah. and we don't have to worry too much about it but there are some situations and we're teachers so we are in a real I, I think it's a real chivalrous um, environment but I think there are some environments that are toxic totally I mean and I feel bad for the women that have to deal with it well for us you know as, as teachers it's a field that's predominantly women. Right. No, that's huge. And um, even though, you know, superintendent and people who work in a district office tend to be men. Yeah, you know, I never thought that. We're like at the vanguard. Yeah. But I think it's horrible that someone like Harvey Weinstein, for example, could just say to a woman, hey, you want to be famous? You got you to gotta do this sexual favor for me. You gotta. Yeah. He was disgusting. He would literally have meetings with women like in his house or I guess or his hotel room and then he'd walk around naked. Crazy. <laughs> just crazy. I mean and, and just the the whole Matt Lauer being able to lock his office oh, door God. is just nutty. It's like a little little sex dungeon <laughs> at uh, the yeah. Today Show. Yeah, sex dungeon. Ha uh, ha ha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he had this desk. So Matt Lauer had this desk where, you know, he could push a button, almost like a Bond villain, yeah. push a button and they would close the door and lock it and like turn the blinds. <laughs> it's so true. It's a Bond villain. I heard, I read that a lot and that's such an appropriate image, you know, <laughs> and we shouldn't be laughing about it, but it's, um, creepy, sorry, it's creepy. Sorry that we're laughing, but we're just that these guys were that lame, mm-hmm. but that the females had to deal with it. I'm okay. So here's the next point for me at least is, is that done? I think that's done. You that think so? kind of shit is done. I think so. I mean, that, that of, of course, not done 100%. But for the most part, that what kind of guy is going to keep on doing that? I don't know. I think any person now who thinks that they can use sex as a leverage over a woman, 
I think they're putting themselves in a situation where, like, whatever project they're working <laughs> on is done. Yeah. I mean, and just how quickly they get booted out the door mm-hmm. is just refreshing. To a certain extent. To a certain extent. Yeah. So I will say this. Harvey Weinstein was the head, I guess, with his brother, of this major film studio. He was, he was the power, no? Yeah. In Washington, maybe? So I'm, I was looking at this Vanity Fair article about um, Harvey Weinstein and all of his shenanigans and his company. Um, they generated 81 Oscars since 1999. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if, if people think that's all art, artistry, no, that's also power. And, and you look at these other cases. You look at someone, so you have the Weinstein case. Matt Lauer, I mean, he was literally done. Yep. One day he was on the show. Isn't the next it day, amazing? Done. Um, Charlie Rose. Oh, that broke my heart. Uh, uh, that broke my heart. I loved him. Yes. My grandma got me into him, and you, she would watch him religiously, and uh, we would talk about his shows, and I loved his ability to to get deep, and mm-hmm. man, that was sad. He went, but he deserved it. He deserved he it. He deserved it. And, okay, let's, let's talk about this. For us to sit here and say, ah, oh, that breaks our heart. Poor Charlie Rose. Mm. What does that say about us? Mm. Like, we're focused on, like, damn it, we can't watch mm. Charlie Rose anymore on Good PBS. Good question. What does that say about us? It kind of, it reminds me of something that, <laughs> like, every time I watch a Woody Allen movie, I love yes, him. I love Woody Allen. I, I feel guilty, you know? Right. And it's the same thing. Can we love the art and, and hate the artist? Or See, I mean, Even with, so, so with Woody Allen, I have to say, I'm... I, I people are gonna hate me. I don't buy. I don't what? buy the. I don't buy the argument. Oh, I. You mean with him marrying um, his no with, adopted kid or or with, the other or with the, or with the accusation that he didn't his uh, molest his own. Yes, I don't buy that at all. No, but it's creepy that he went with. Sydney. What the hell are people thinking? There's no evidence. Or it's it's one work. of the classic, yeah, me against you, or yes. he said, she said. He said, and, she said. Oh, man. I don't buy it, though. I don't either. And what is the name? It's not oh, Ronan. It's... Who's Ronan's sister's? That's, her name's uh, Dylan, I think. Dylan. I, I'm, I'm believing her. And I don't think that the default is that, I guess the, the default is you'd never ever accuse somebody because you know what it does to people mm-hmm. just out of the blue I you know people abuse I mean uh, accuse people because they want to get back but what did um, Dylan have to gain by that that's I think, why I believe her I, I think there have been is- issues with her testimony because I think her oh, story okay. has changed they've had psychologists speak with her the police have investigated this multiple times and I'm sure they're probably looking into it now with all this hashtag me too stuff. Yeah. And nothing's ever come of it. But so I guess the thing is, do we believe the victim regardless? Right. No, I don't. I, I, I can't stand all this believing the victim automatically. I don't can't stand all this lack of due process. I, um, That's my and opinion. this, this total disregard of guilty until proven or innocent until proven guilty. It just bugs me. Right, because they're 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 being tried in the court of public opinion. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Right. Um, where were we? 
when you when we got into this sidetrack. Okay, so we have all these people, all these powerful men, oh, yeah. and they're they're just falling. Even like Louis C.K. I love Louis C.K. He's got the best comedy. It's horrible. I love yeah. it. But then we have other issues like Garrison Keillor. To me, a national treasure. Yes. Prairie Home Companion. I used to listen to that all the time. Went to see him in San Luis about uh, seven years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a gem. He, and you know what? I if you can if you can know that a man's got a golden heart just from his show, which you can't, but right. you almost can. And he does have a golden heart. I I do believe. He does. I, I he, so his show was so folksy, very idyllic. And I think that came from a place within himself. Yeah, it totally did. He's from Minnesota, right? Just this yeah. kind of like heartland, yeah. good old classic Americana. Yeah. I mean, as a Lutheran, <laughs> he, he used to, uh, I mean, my parents, they know all the famous Lutherans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was at the top of the list. Oh, my gosh, Garrison Keeler. He's a Lutheran, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Love him. And, but but the I don't know. But then he, he was so in this hashtag Me Too movement. Oh, he just and caught up his word. He just got not just caught up. He got swept. He got run right over. down. Yeah, run over right downstream. What was the what? What are the facts in the um, Garrison Keeler case? Because you're much so, better at this than I am. So poor Garrison Keeler. I'm not sure the circumstances like where he was. It may have been after one of his shows. I don't know. But at any rate, this woman comes to him, and she has this really sad story. And she's crying, and she's, you know, unburdening herself to Garrison Keillor. Mind you, Garrison Keillor is someone who's pretty reluctant to touch people. He doesn't like being touched. He's kind of quirky. like He's Lutheran. There you go. (laughs) So this woman's crying, and he puts his hand out to touch her back, just like to console her. Well, apparently his hand accidentally went up her blouse. Now, just to give the gal her own say, did she say different or did she not refute no, that? No, they, they, she does not refute that whatsoever. Okay. So he accidentally touched her back. In the second, it was there was skin-to-skin contact. He recoiled mm-hmm. and apologized. And she said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't worry about it. Well, he felt so guilty that later on, I guess a few days later, he emailed her. And said, you know, I'm so sorry that happened. I, I wasn't, I didn't mean anything. I apologize. I feel horrible that happened. And she re- re- responds, nah, don't worry about it. Wasn't a big deal. Don't worry about it. Well, along comes this hashtag Me Too movement, and she wants to jump on board. Mm. And suddenly, he's being accused of sexual assault. He lost his show. He lost Prairie Home Companion. All the um, people who carry that show dropped him. Like a bad habit. <laughs> I mean, it's all of our losses, mm-hmm. and we have to ask the serious question, should it be? I mean, right. is that enough? You know what else I want to bring up is because liberals and conservatives have different standards, mm-hmm. it's the liberals who are going to get screwed in this whole thing. Exactly. And we're going so like to run over a bunch of great. Yeah, Al Franken's another one. Come on. So to what you were saying, though, like... Republicans, conservatives, they elected, they nominated, and then elected Trump <laughs> to the presidency. Oh, All of these ridiculous. accusations of sexual assault, being a pervert behind now, the scenes at the, um, what was it, the Miss 
Miss Universe, or was it like I don't even know what the hell it's called? Well, it's a I, behind I mean, the scenes, can you imagine chairs. any other president having an affair with a porn star? And then this and just, Daniels. Nobody even looks twice. No, it's shocking. Nobody's Peter, even talking about it. Paid her one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars to not talk about it. Oh man. The president has an extramarital affair with a porn star right after his wife gives birth to a son. Then he pays the porn star to shut up. Does it even matter to say his evangelical base? Uh, to evangelicals, of course it matters. It, it's, it's against everything that they stand for. You'd think so, but no. They say he's just repented and they forgive him. And Mike Pence is like, this my dude. <laughs> All right, what do you guys got? Um, I wrote, Trump punches Pope. I, I think that would be, like, really bad. Uh, you think so, but a lot of people still hate Catholics. We are living in interesting times. And see, he does all this horrible stuff. There's all these people who came forward and accused him of sexual assault. There's rape. You have that dossier where apparently he was participating in, like, golden showers. Nah, he's fine to be president. He hates abortion, so that's fine. But the thing about it is well, that we don't have proof that he that he has this stuff, but nobody ever doubts it because, of course, you know, right. yeah, why wouldn't he? He's already on tape saying he grabs Exactly. Oh, my God. But see, even then, Billy Bush, <laughs> he got fired from yeah, the show. Right. Yeah, a much, uh, shall we say, less important position. Yeah, much less. And all, what was his what was his fault? He was he was the guy standing around laughing. He was a messenger. Yeah, he was laughing while Trump was talking about yeah. this. And here's one point that I want to make. We really should be pointing out. We really should be concentrating on. I can't stand when like social movements like get sort of sidetracked onto these types of things. Right. And that's one of the problems with this gal. That's one of those problems with with the grace from mm-hmm. is it from Babe? Babe. Yeah. Net. Yeah. But dot net. It sidetracks us. And so doggone it, why are we talking about this? But we're gonna talk about it. Yeah. And because we really should be talking about all the good that has come from this. And there's been a boatload. We already noted that. Um, but man, we lost a national treasure, I think. Right. A lot of people have been making the case, and I totally agree, mm-hmm. that the reason that women are being harmed by these situations is because they have always been tied. And we're both men, so we probably can't we're relate to this. Yeah. yeah, we're mansplaining right now. Because they've always been taught to be yes people. And I think it's mm-hmm. true. Women generally want to please more than men. It, it, historically, it's changing. Mm-hmm. And like this whole baby grace thing, right? I mean... Just the fact that we, both of, of us, we both disagree with, with Grace and what she did to... I'm sorry. sorry, yeah. Three words for you. Treat yourself. Treat yourself 2011. It's actually, though, I'm glad that it happened because it's instructive to women that they can. They can learn from that. They can say no. Totally. You know, I haven't read that yet. Somebody needs to say, it's, it's that crappy thing that she did. Right. But women... Learn from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. And, and you know what? I know from this movement that women will be able to later on mm-hmm. say no. Just walk out, ladies. And that's what drives me crazy, though, is I, we had referred to it earlier as psychobabble. I think that's appropriate. Oh, gosh. And I think th- I think this this babe.net article featuring Grace's account of um, supposed sexual assault by Aziz Ansari, I think that sets women back decades 
I totally agree. Because what we're basically saying is, uh, you you have no agency. You have no ability to speak your mind. And by the way, I want to interject. Mm-hmm. It sets the women back who believe it, who right. are the vast minority. Uh, I hope. No, I, I know it. I, I think women are way smarter than, I mean, most of them that I've actually heard. And, and you know, your wife well, and my wife. wife. Your wife, right. And, and all the women I've talked to about it are just like, are you kidding me? But I've had women, so my own, fa- my personal Facebook page, they were like sharing articles with me. Because I posted about this as Ethan Sorry thing. And basically what it came down to was, well, he was coercing her. And he should have read her nonverbal cues. Uh, that is bullshit. So what he's guilty of is not being a mind reader. Right, right. That's exactly if right. She, and, and if you look at her own account, if you look at Grace's account on babe.net, she strips down naked. Mm-hmm. They both strip down naked. He's... Performing oral sex. I believe they call it cunnilingus. <laughs> they're getting scientific on us getting now. Getting scientific. Yeah. And they're going to town. Yeah. And then he wants to go from that to sex. Mm-hmm. He would like to have intercourse with her. Shocking. And she, Right? He, then she says, at that point, I guess she says no. And that's when he said, oh, okay, cool. And they put their clothes back on. He's like, let's just watch Netflix. When she literally said no, he stopped. But up until that point, apparently, she was trying to communicate non-verbally. It just... I've read a couple articles, and I'm going to try to get you the links if I can, that try to diminish that idea that it is super destructive to his career. It, it could be. It probably won't be, if I had to guess, for I him. Not. I hope not. But it could be. But for a normal person, like I have had in my own life, people accuse me of things that um, I didn't do mm-hmm. in an educational setting that I had to um, luckily uh, had people fighting for me because they wanted to get back at another student, mm-hmm. you know? And they were sort of, I was a byproduct of the whole thing. And, and, and so I'm super attuned to, like, people making false accusations against other people. And people treat it so lightly. Right. Is she? And all these people defending her are treating it so lightly. You know what? This guy's got feelings. He's got a Women aren't the only ones that have feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, my Lord. You know, he's, he's in a lot of pain because of that. Nobody right. wants to confront that. And so I'm, I'm looking at this Time Magazine article about Aziz Ansari, and this uh, psychiatrist from Beverly Hills named Carol Lieberman, she put it like this. Though they may have wanted to be in solidarity with other women, the stories of dates gone wrong or women scorned have detracted from women who have been raped or seriously sexually assaulted. I uh, couldn't agree more. And so what happens is you have these... Some of these, like this Grace from the Babe.net article, who have a bad date night. They have bad sex. And yep. then later on regret it. And this is what's happened here. She regretted her encounter. Yeah. And then she tried to jump on the Me Too, the hashtag Me Too movement, but it doesn't fit. Yeah. So you have people who've been legitimately raped and sexually assaulted who are presenting their cases. And then people who are like, oh, I had sex with this guy, and later on I regretted it. 
no, you're not part of the movement. No, you're not. And you're diminishing it. And you're, you're actually, I mean, sort of contributing to the whole Trumpian, like, I don't know, fake news and, and yeah. fakeness. And it just, I mean, it's got to be real. Well, because there are genuinely horrible instances of sexual assaults where men have used their, the women, basically, as a means of, I guess, self-gratification, and then they kind of throw a bone to these chicks right. to promote their careers or move them up or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then this woman, this Grace, has Denigrated really damaged... that idea. Damaged that idea. Yeah. Really. And, uh, man, can't remember the name of the gal on CNN who just... Just she put it so perfectly, um, and and people gotta um, watch that. It's just so well put. You, everyone who goes too far, you you stop this movement, which is a great movement. Mm-hmm. You know, you stop it, you denigrate it, you make all these hard right people, all these men who use women, say, see, right. it's it's not a real deal. It's 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 the cry wolf thing, and it is. You know what? They gotta realize that we gotta keep the movement going. Mm-hmm. But the women who cry wolf are stopping it. Yeah, they're actually derailing that's a legitimate the, movement. That's the that's the word. Because I think this case with Aziz Ansari and this this gal who refers to herself as Grace, they're typical of the hookup culture. So, and I think that's where millennials in particular um, are confused, right? Because it's, well, I want to go on Tinder. I want to swipe right. Of course, it left. I don't even know. I'm married. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, they, they want to, yeah, let's say that. right. They want to swipe right, meet up with some, some guy, meet up with some chick. They want to hook up, right? And so they are not entering into genuine relationships mm-hmm. and instead they're so focused on well i want to use this other person to get off mm-hmm. i want to use this other person for my own sexual satisfaction mm-hmm. and so they get into a habit i mean you the, the way you practice things right now do you it's think the it's you the men or the women or both equally or both. to what extent i think it's both equally it's interesting because that they are just as interested in sex as the guys. And right. in culture, we always said, no, the guys want it way more, mm-hmm. but not necessarily. And I think that's a product of like the 1960s sexual revolution where women can enjoy sex a la carte just as much as men. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what no one ever said. Here's the here's, truth that no one ever said. There's consequences, yeah. There's consequences. But the other thing is, guess what? Guys want sex. Mm-hmm. And when women are finally into like a la carte having sex... Men are getting what they want. Yeah. For sure. But I think the Tinder culture has just so destroyed our concepts of relationships that we end up with this Azeen Sansari thing where they both think they're just here for a hookup. We need to empower people. Yeah. I think we really need to empower women. Right now, we could have a female president. Yeah. Hillary Clinton could be president. Mm. But many people voted for Trump, including white women. Who I'm sure a lot of them self-identify as a Christian. Yep. Voted for Trump. A minority of 
people voted for Trump. <laughs> and then he didn't even win the popular vote. He just won by the, by the Electoral College. Yeah. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Hillary's possible complicity in Bill's escapades. And that's true. And that, that also plays into this. But again, just how do you compare? Mm-hmm. I mean, because escapade-wise, they're equal. I mean, I don't see how you could say that even if she was covering up for Bill's deal, how do you say she was any worse than Trump? I think there's a difference between that and Trump admitting on that bus with Billy Bush, <laughs> like grabbing chicks by the right, kissing, kissing chicks, well, and they won't say anything because you're famous. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's any uh, disagreement over the abilities of Trump versus Hillary. I mean... But I don't think we need to excuse Hillary for no, no. any kind of like... Well, because then she went on TV and she's like, yeah. I believe my husband, you know, that chick's a liar. Right, yeah. Yeah, she covered for him. Yeah, she definitely did. And But it still doesn't excuse voting for Trump over her. It's not even close to me. It's a sandwich. It's a, just, it's a really nasty sandwich versus a turd. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's where I put it. And... And I just don't get, I, I mean, I, it doesn't excuse anybody voting for Trump to Not me. Not at all, no. So I think to, to wrap up the, this discussion, I think it's important to say, like, the hashtag MeToo movement is really doing great work. And they've shed light on these people who are in positions of power who are horrible, from Harvey Weinstein to Trump, Matt Lauer, Charlie Rose... C.K., Louis C.K., all these people who've been I brought mean, down. And I love so many of them. Golly, Charlie Rose, C.K. But, man, they f***ed up. They did. And their their careers are over. <laughs> let's, uh... So, let's that brings about, us to our last... Let's talk about, like, what we love. Mm-hmm. I mean... Thank God for music. Thank God for fiction and for articles and for um, poetry. What are you into right now? And I'm reading so many things. I read like three or four books at the same. Right now, I'm reading a book by um, someone named Doctor Brant Petrie, and he is um, biblical biblical scholar from Louisiana. And he's a book called "The Jewish Roots of the Eucharist." In other words. For people who don't know what the Eucharist is, it's the biblical roots of communion. And so a lot like of not- going before yes. Jesus' so, time and, and Right, so the Jews. So and it, a lot of people would they not say, well, that diminishes the Eucharist. Right. So we would say that well Jesus was a Jew. Right. Right. And all the early Christians were Jews. And so when Jesus does the Last Supper and he says, this is, you know, this bread is my body or this this wine is my blood, he's not creating something new. He's not just creating something out of, like, thin air. He's going back to the Jewish traditions and he's fulfilling them in his very person and instituting, like, a new banquet for us as Christians. That's what it is. And people don't realize, when did he do the Last Supper? It was Passover. There's no accidents in the Bible. It's just that Passover is when the angel of death passed over all the houses in Egypt. Yes. That had lamb's blood on On their door. Their door. Yes. You know, God had put out all these plagues on Egypt. And the last plague was the Passover plague where um, the Jews would, um, with a hyssop branch, 
put the blood of a sacrificed lamb on their doorstep, and then they would have to go through some ritual and eat the flesh of the lamb. See, I didn't realize they had to actually eat the lamb. That's crazy to me. And that's the key part. That is key, but that's been left out. Yes, they eat the lamb. And then afterward, after they escaped from Egypt, they escaped slavery, Moses then instituted the Passover celebration, which they they celebrated every year. Yeah. And the key part of that is that when they celebrate, they look at it as though they are participating in the first Passover. Mm. So they look at it as that Passover. It's like this weird bending of time and space. It's like hundreds of years after the Passover, they still do the um, celebration as though they are there. Why? Why? It's this participation. So they can feel and experience what, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Makes sense. And so you fast forward to Jesus on Passover he takes all that history, all that Jewish history at Passover, and he elevates it into himself. Yeah. He's that lamb yeah. that's being sacrificed. Well, in Jewish culture, the only person who could pour out blood was the priest. They would sacrifice lambs in the temple, and they said that you could smell the temple for miles away. Because Ooh. they were constantly slaughtering lambs wow. and pouring their blood out. Wow. And so... Okay. So Jesus was presenting himself as both priest and lamb. Yeah. He was sacrificing himself as the lamb. Yeah. And of course, at Mass, we believe we're celebrating Passover, in a sense. The Every single Passover. Sunday. So yeah. anyway, it's the, I've been reading that book. Oh, it's I like fascinating. It. But, yeah. What's the guy's name? Brant Petrie. Right on. I'll post the link. That is, that is super. I am enthralled by the symbolism of... Yes. Of it all. It's crazy. As an English major and an English teacher, it's it's really powerful. And what are you what are you listening to or what are you reading? Hmm. I am listening to a guy that and and I revel in finding stuff. I, I revel in, in the underdog. I revel in the stuff that nobody can find that is awesome. Mm-hmm. And there's so much of, of it around. And we don't need to listen to pop culture. We don't need to listen to, but we do need to search constantly to find just these nuggets that are everywhere in our just rich culture. Yeah. I love this dude. Uh, I'm, I'm a music lover, and his name is Avi, or his name isn't Avi Buffalo, but his band is Avi Buffalo. And I just love it. He, I think he's been, his band has been disbanded. And, but um, the music is so good. It's it's super lyrical and it's it's folksy rock, which is kind of up my alley. And um, it's super adolescent uh, lyrically. The melodies are great, and there's just I mean I'm all about unexpected transitions of chords and and music and and just the guy rocks. Avi Buffalo, he's, his band has been disbanded, and I can't wait to see him live. I'm going to be the oldest guy there in the show, <laughs> but um, Avi Buffalo, great guy. And here's another musical thing, The Breeders, and I'm a okay. huge uh, Pixies fan. The Breeders are coming up with a new album, and I can't wait to hear it. I think they've got one song that was recently shown, I mean, I played mm-hmm. in um, All Songs Considered, the great NPR. Oh, I think, oh, yeah. um, 
program. But um, if you're a Pixies fan and you're a Kim Deal fan, you got to listen to the Kim Deal. Um, what's the podcast uh, um, that I just recently, that you got me into? Oh, WTF? Yeah, WTF. Oh, it's what so good. the beep? And, yeah. and Mr. Moran or Moran? Yeah, uh, Mark Marin. Just did a great interview of Kim Deal, the Pixies bassist. And the the whole, if you remember Cannonball and, and the whole Pixies um, Breeders. Golly. Oh, Breeders, okay. You know, I've heard of them. Are they new or what's No, they, they, they're old, but, and their songs are hit and miss, but mm-hmm. but they're coming out with the new album. It's going to be fun. Oh, cool. So. All right, so thanks for listening. Um, we're going to wrap it up. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening to our humble little podcast. Um, hopefully, we didn't sound as nervous as we felt. Though Joel and I took the edge off with some tasty brews. Uh, you could do us a huge, huge favor by subscribing to our podcast uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. That could be um, iTunes or Stitcher, wherever. And be sure to rate our show and leave a review. Your rating will help others find this show. And be sure to find us on Facebook at Conversation on Tap. Thank you so much for listening. Say bye to everyone, Joel. Bye. Bye. We'll see you all next week.